a crypto YouTuber, a crypto podcaster, and a crypto magazine publisher walk into a bar. It sounds like the start of a really good joke, and it might just be, but it actually happened while in Miami for Miami Blockchain Week. We had the pleasure of using the VIP room at Pitbull's El Dorado 305 Restaurant and Bar in South Beach to record three great interviews for this episode. You'll meet Crypto McHale, a.k.a. Dr. Dread, Rice Crypto, and Rob McNeely, three dudes involved in different segments of crypto media. So let's get the show started, and we'll see if there's an actual punchline or not. Lather up with some SPF 50 and enjoy the balmy tropical breeze on this episode number 358 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Welcome to the Dad Crypto Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? It's the Dad Bot. The Dad Bot. Nobody wants that. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, but if you're a dad, you seem to have it. I've got a Dad Bot. I never did lose that baby weight for my two yeah. kids. Yeah. The sympathy. All that late night popcorn eating. That must be it. <laughs> Welcome to the show, gang. Episode number 358. Mr. Travis Wright and I are in a condo high, high, high above my. That's not true. You can't prove that. That you're high? That's true. Or that we're in a condo. Or we're in a condo and that it's high. And we're on the 35th floor overlooking the uh, a drawbridge here. I've yet to see it draw. I have seen it go up and down. And uh, it's been a great day here uh, after the first day of the North American Bitcoin Conference at the James L. Knight Conference Center right over by the Hyatt Regency. And uh, we're about to call it a night here. We've got another full day tomorrow. And by the time you guys hear this episode, we'll be back en route to our natural habitats. The, the uh, Chipotle? <laughs> that is your natural habitat. <laughs> yeah. That or the shrimp store. Shrimp, shrimping, shrimping boats. Uh, and we had a great Bubble opportunity. Gum, yeah, we, uh, we were at another event yesterday. And they reserved at uh, Pitbull's restaurant, you know, the, the artist, musician, he's got a place in South Beach and they showed us to his VIP room mm-hmm. and we sat down with some real VIPs. We did. People in press. Very important press people. They impressed us. I don't know. They were they're nice. going to, they're going to impress you. You're going to dig it. But first, you know, they're really cool people. Very smart. Yeah. Talented. Right. All that stuff. Lovely. Also talented, smart, and lovely is the Kivo wallet. It is the first hardware wallet worthy of your crypto. Mm -hmm. It's ultra premium. It's got a secure design. It's multi-sig and multi-factor authentication involved there. There's a Kivo carbon key so that you can get paperless recovery in case you should lose your keys like Mr. Travis Wright. You can assign and manage your beneficiary with this sleek wallet and all Major coins are supportified. Go to KivoWallet.com. Check it out. It is one slick wallet. Supportified is not a word. It is, too. It's not. It is, too. It's not. You're not the boss of my dictionary. You're such a dictionary. (laughs) So we've got three interviews, all of them related to crypto media. You know, of course, we're podcasters, but first we're going to speak with Crypto McHale, who has a new name, new branding, which I believe is sticking because 
I hear other people calling him that name, and he works with a, a crypto publication. Then we've got Rice Crypto, a crypto YouTuber, and then finally we're going to wind it up with Rob McNeely of the Tusk Network, and he is a podcaster, Mr. Travis Wright, but of course you would know that because you were there for the interviews. That's true. But before we get there, do you want to tell them a little bit about something, something? No, let's just get there. Okay. You know, crypto is not just for podcasts. Crypto media is not just YouTubers. Crypto is also publications. And a lot of you guys are familiar with publications like Cointelegraph and Bitcoinist.com that we reference on the show. But there's also online magazines that are available. And turns out some of them have a pretty darn good following. They're off the beaten path. And one of them has a super unusual name. Get this. It's called Gokstein. 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 Pardon my Gokstein. Okay. Okay. Your excuse. Uh, Well, we have with us a gentleman representing the publication. I'm not actually sure what his title is, but we met him while here in Miami. We're actually on location at the event. He goes by Crypto McHale. And uh, we're going to welcome him to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Crypto, Glad to be here. Or do I call you Mikhail? I can. You can. You can call me whatever you want. Just don't call me late for dinner. Oh, that's we've never heard that one before. I know, right? You're going to have so to step unique. up the game here I'm a little so bit. So unique. That's New York. a Joelism. I think he listens. That, I think he listens to Joel. That's a, got dad a dad joke already. Dad joke. So for those of you who don't have a visual right now, if you're looking at the show card, there might be a picture. But um, Crypto Mikhail has some serious dreads, like. And so I have given him a new name. What is this? What is this, Mr. Joel? His new name is Dr. Dread. Dr. Dread. You like it? Dr. Dread. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll take it. I've been called worse. That's for sure. <laughs> um, but Dr. Dread, I think it might just have to be my new moniker. I might I like have it. to change my Twitter handle. Who knows? I am a branding expert. You are a branding expert. Yeah, well, sure. I don't know. That's that's one thing I haven't had much of is branding. I got You've my been little branded like guy. a cattle. I've been branded by Dr. bad crypto. Dr. Dredd, what is, what's your title? What do you do with uh, Gokstein? So I am the uh, senior content manager and field correspondent for, see, I said respondent. Correspondent. 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 Here, correspondent for Gokstein magazine. Uh, it's uh, named after David Gokstein. He's our, uh, he's our founder. Um, Great Gokstein. <laughs> It's pretty great. Uh, yeah, the, the name's a little bit rough, I guess, but it's it is, uh, it, it, a, a it little. Is, it is. You know, <laughs> I, l- let me see it. I want to see how, how is it spelled. So yeah, this spe- is how spell it's spelled, it folks. G-O-K-H-S-H-T-E-I-N. Gokstein. And, um, yeah, it's, it, it's, a, it's a great publication. I mean, it's very well laid out. The content in there is very good. I'll just never be able to go there because I don't know how to spell that. <laughs> I don't, and you can't even Mickey Mouse it. I know you can't even G O K H S H T E I N something. So yeah. Well, you've got Brock Pierce on the cover of one of the issues here, the Sleepy Space Cowboy from the Future. Absolutely. Okay. Tell us what Gokstein is. So Gokstein is we're we're a crypto publication mainly, but we do lifestyle. We do uh, trends. We do project reviews. We talk about tech, emerging tech, uh, you know, electric vehicles and all kinds of just nascent technology. And um, we like to review good, cool, quirky use cases that maybe people haven't heard of because they're like rank 
700 on market cap or something that might so, be a better name good quirky use cases.com <laughs> magazine good quirky use cases I can spell magazine. That. so this is not just this is not just blockchain or crypto related projects you're talking about all emerging tech so we like to throw in some additional emerging tech it's primarily i would say it's 75 percent blockchain though. okay so you it could have called it gawk chain we could have called it gawk chain and believe it or not that was actually on the the drawing board I can spell uh, that. G-O-K-C-H-A-I-N. Gokchain. That might, if we ever come out with a token, we might name it Gokchain. Who knows? Gokchain. So, yeah, Gokchain was on the drawing board. Um, I, I think some of it had to do just with name recognition uh, for David Gokchain alone. Um, I mean, he's been a consultant in the crypto space for a while. He's, you know, on the Forbes Financial Council. He's running for, uh, you know, first district, uh, Congressional district. He's running for office. He is running for office. Rockstein for office. He is. There uh, he is. Uh, Our lovely producer, Aaron, just showed me his Twitter profile. And there is what? Instagram Instagram profile. Okay. And it's at David Gokstein. Gokstein Media running for U.S. House, New York District 1 in 2020. And so, okay. So he's, he's busy like doing this so you're running this publication right basically i mean we we've uh become sort of a separate thing um you know one thing that that david said whenever he started the magazine was that he wanted people from lots of different backgrounds uh you know republicans democrats libertarians progressives uh from all over the world with just anarchists anarchists we've got a few anarchists we've got i don't know about socialists um I would consider myself a, a progressive libertarian, mm-hmm. which people would think is like polar opposites. But I feel like the government should leave everyone alone. But if they're going to bother doing anything, it might as well be for everybody. OK, so I, I, I proposed to you when we met last night, Travis likes gawk chain, which I understand because it's kind of like blockchain, gawk chain. I think hipper, trendier would you be just to call it gawk, G-O-K and see if you could acquire that domain. Well, now, you know, somebody else is going to grab right. it. Right, yeah, somebody's going to listen to this, and then they're going to they're gonna hold it ransom. It's a three-letter it's domain. Nobody, it's already taken. Somebody already Well, you could, still, you could still call it Gawk Magazine, right? You can find some domain that works, but I just like Gawk. I think it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's well, Gawker was pretty famous, right? Yeah, Gawker. they got sued out of business. They got sued. For, for libel or slander or something. Well, it's true, because they had that Hulk Hogan thing. And then uh, Hulk smashed Hulk smashed uh, Gawker. So they, they are no longer. So is this publication a print publication or is it just a digital publication? Um, it's a digital it publication. It comes out every month uh, via PDF available um, on the site. Um, we've actually uh, at first we were charging um, for the magazine itself. Um, now it's it's all free. Okay. We've actually released it out, out to we, we made enough um, from from our subscriptions uh, that we've now released it out to the public for free and you you've got a pretty good um reader base right oh absolutely we, we usually enjoy um between one and three hundred thousand unique organics a month um on on the actual um magazine itself and then we're highly involved with the community on social media and things like that so we're pretty engaged across well, the board what i like about this uh, you know a lot of publications it's purely news um and, but you are taking the more traditional magazine format so you've got your interviews um there's an article here on trading right for people who like to get in that there's an article here on lifestyle travel by bit 2020's top blockchain conferences there's reviews of projects you've got the coin mine miner in here tell coin we've had coin mine on the show and you've got game reviews um an interview with divi project where actually uh, big fans of Divi. It's cool yeah. to see they're in here. There's art 
in here, 90 plus pages, and you guys can get it for free. Um, that that's pretty cool. All you have to be able to do is is spell Gokstein. That's, <laughs> that's the only requirement. It's yeah. a secret club, I guess. So uh, do you guys put out content like on a blog regularly as well? well Are we, you taking those articles that go into your publication and then repurposing them? Are they only available? on that magazine we are we're currently transitioning from we start off with the magazine um it's gained a lot of steam um we are doing some restaffing and some retooling and actually trying to uh spread it out a little bit more uh to you know an actual news desk we're actually members of the associated press um we are uh you know slowly but surely trying to eke out other platforms um as far as like you know maybe a podcast uh, we do interviews i know that we did like live streaming of the uh, world crypto con um and uh we're just you know trying what we can to to sort of like move into the other edges of uh of the space um but but mainly it's the magazine that we offer that's our biggest offering right now we work really hard we've got staff from all over the world uh that contribute to it we've got you know just amazing designers, writers, um, and community contributors. There's people from throughout the space that come to us and say, Hey, you know, I've got this really good idea for an article. Um, and I don't want to just post it on a blog. I'd rather see it pretty in your magazine and, uh, you know, we'll, you know, throw them a commission and, you know, if it's a good enough article, we'll, we'll put it in the magazine. It is pretty. It's, it's good looking, uh, publication. So you being a journalist then and, you know, talking to a lot of people in the crypto space, you kind of get a, a vibe for, you know, what you think is going to happen here in 2020. Oh, absolutely. The having is, is coming up in May. Um, you know, we don't want to necessarily say give us a prediction, but maybe if you can kind of give us what you see as the trends for the year. So um, we've got a lot of folks on staff um, that are um, traders and analysts. Um, and that's, that's something that we put out as well. Um, as far as, what we're seeing uh, for predictions, uh, we, we actually forecast that it was going to hit about 9,000 uh, here just recently. And so that came true. So we're wondering if our other predictions are actually um, going to, to come to fruition. What were those? Um, and it, it's just mainly that, the unfortunately, the, the havening um, is not going to be... Um, as impactful as everybody thinks it is. Um, we, we think that there's, there's actually, uh, there's been a lot of activity, unfortunately, um, in the, the Bitcoin space where there are entities that are actively suppressing. And unfortunately, it almost seems like it's at the whim of, of said whales, you know, whenever they finally just let it breach, let it go. Um, so, we think that the, the happening will have some significant impact, but it would take at this point um, because we've actually lost um, a, a, a lot of wallets um, within the last couple of years. We, we think that it's, it's probably not going to be as impactful as a lot of these moonshot folks are saying. Lost lost a couple wallets. What do you mean? I mean, there, there's been uh, wallets that were considerably more active uh, during the, the bull and, and bear run um, either have, uh, you know, sold out entirely or have just gone stone cold dead. Mm -hmm. um, so she's dead, Jim. <sighs> Resuscitate that there's wallet. There's no activity on this wallet. I don't know. And it could be that they're just waiting for for the um, the the moment. Um, but there are a lot of things that, 
you know, they say, uh, uh, buy the rumor, sell the news, right? But but everybody was so, uh, you know, elated when we when we got, uh, you know, all the different new exchanges, and then we're going to be, you know, available, and there's going to be, uh, you know, the ice and backed and and all of these didn't are, move nothing, didn't move anything. nothing didn't move the needle at all so it almost makes you wonder like what is going to need to happen and we honestly think that it might actually not be a bitcoin moment that sparks the bull run we think that it might be something secondary bsv surprisingly just went up ridiculously like a, like 300 300 wasn't there so I, I haven't really had a chance to dive into this too deep but i saw something about another fork do you know anything about that? I'm not aware. I mean, um, personally, I'm not aware. Uh, so uh, I'd have to look into that. I know that that uh, you know they're they're always looking for a fork in good time. Um, so <laughs> he's the pun master. Takes, we we uh, might have to have him jokes. write our stuff now going forward. <laughs> mm, very nice. So, what are some of the most you know from the how long for one? How long have you been doing this, and how many issues have been out there, and are are they all available for people to go and check out the archives? Um, they are actually all available, uh, zero dollars every single one of them. We have been. But we're going to uh, charge you guys. We're okay. Absolutely. We're charge our listeners just uh, just a, a, a dime fi- finder's fee for <laughs> for being able to spell Gokstein. Have to spell it correctly. Um, no, we uh, we started. Um, early last year uh and uh, we've just been we've been so blessed we've we've got the very first cover we had uh justin sun on on the very first cover and it's just been steamrolling since then um it's been uh we we did uh the top 20 women of blockchain um we we've joel been was on that joel was number three was it yeah i he i, he, I he identified a, as a woman she, <laughs> she she was she was a close call there but joel. unfortunately joel. Unfortunately, we went with Naomi Jolene, Brockwell. Yeah, yeah, she's both smarter and prettier than me. So I, I, I will agree to at least one of those. I'll let you decide which one. <laughs> Joel's pretty. I'm, I'm not sure She's which. I, I don't know which Joel, one you're talking about. You know, actually, you could Mickey Mouse this name just a little bit. G O K K. It's about to get weird. H S H. Hush. T E I and N. Okay, Gockstein. Gockenstein. Gockstein. So WTF is Gockstein. <laughs> you guys can we go don't to the, even really know what it means. <laughs> it's worth going to our website for this episode and um, get the link to this in case you haven't written down how to spell it or in case yeah. you're going WTF. Yeah. Because well, you love great content about crypto. Right. And here's a great publication that comes out once a month that you can thumb through and check it out, put it on your phone, read through it. Right. While you're listening to bad crypto. I think it could be a verb. I gokstein that. Oh, yeah, I do. Gokstein the hell out of that. I gok it. <laughs> crypto yeah. McHale, a.k.a. Dr. Dread. Dr. Dread. Thanks for joining us today, man. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure. You guys are awesome. You have been goksteined, my friend. Let's get ready to gawk. Steen. Steen. Yeah. Quit good gawking st- at me. Good stuff. Why are you gawking at me? Mr. Travis Wright, how about you tell our fine listeners about our other sponsor for the show? Okay. You need a universal payment ecosystem? Yes. You do? I do. Okay. Well, you need MobyPay. Oh. MobyPay.io. Snap. You can easily spend or send cash or digital currency anywhere in the world instantly from your mobile phone. Anywhere? It's really handy. Anywhere? Well, you're probably not North Korea. Oh. But most places in the world. 
that has internet connection. Mm. That's true. Okay. So uh, you should go there. Check it out. MobyPay.io. Get yourself $10 of the MBX token and uh, sign up for the beta. They got some pretty cool consumer products. They got some interesting merchant products. We think this is going to be really big and mainstream. This is one of those companies that could really make it happen. And so you're going to want to take a look at that. Go check it out. It's MobyPay.io. Indeed it is. And now let's snap, crackle, and pop onto our next interview with Rice Crypto. Oh, I see what you did there. Travis, you know, once upon a time we lost our YouTube channel. I know. I was like a little Bo Peep. Couldn't find it. Yeah, lost no. Well, we lost knew. her. Lost, lost our YouTube. We got Googled. We did. And but we got it back. We did. But we don't really. I think you know we post some of our episodes and occasionally do a video. But there's people that are super active in the crypto world. That's true. On YouTube, mm-hmm. and we are privileged to have one of them with us right here, sitting before us right now in all his mohawkishness. He's got an epic mohawk and some killer tats. This show today, folks, has lots of great hair. It does. Yeah, we got Dr. Dredd, <laughs> and we got Rice Crypto right here in the house, sitting in the uh, the VIP suite at Pitbull's Restaurant in Miami. Mm. Um, I'm, Every time you say that, I take my hand off the seat because I don't know what's oh, going dude, on on the. Uh, yeah. If we had a black light in this room on these these little sofas in here, we would not be sitting on these sofas. Mm-hmm. No, We'd we be wouldn't like, even be in the room. We're standing. We wouldn't even be in the place because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know it's gone timber in here mm-hmm. um, a whole lot. Anyway, Rice Crypto YouTuber, welcome to Bad Crypto. Yeah, man, I appreciate you guys bringing me on the podcast. Now man. it's Bad Rice Crypto. Mm-hmm. Bad Rice Crypto. I love it, man. But I'm definitely a big fan, and I've been following you guys, and and I appreciate the opportunity to come on you guys' podcast. I really appreciate. Cool. Well, we're we're glad you're here, and I know you got value to bring. We actually share a background, the three of us, um, just like Travis and I. You were a DJ, mm-hmm. yeah. So, talk a little bit about uh, whatever you want to share from your background and what brought you into the blockchain world. All right. Well, um, I am an outspoken anarchist, and as an anarchist, I didn't burn really, it down. Didn't really know what anarchy meant, and um, but I've always kind of been fighting authority and um, started. And authority always wins. Oh, it definitely wins, unfortunately. So I started going to school. Well, so back up. I've uh, been a musician. I've uh, been a DJ. Sang in metal bands. Um, was it was it called Gokstein? <laughs> no, it, that would be awesome, though. But no, no, it definitely wasn't. Uh, but so I was doing a music thing, doing a DJ thing. And then uh, at getting a little older, start thinking about my future because the dreams didn't come true like I thought they would. And I uh, started going to school for business administration. And I was already familiar with Bitcoin and blockchain technology. Um, just didn't put much effort into learning about it. It just didn't seem to be important. Like money and economics weren't something that interests me until I started going to school for business administration. And then I started going down these rabbit holes, learning things. And several times I was going to do uh, papers and presentations involving Bitcoin, crypto, blockchain, but not being in the space that long and not having a good knowledge base, I wasn't able to do these things in a small amount of time like I was required for the class presentation. So I just ended up doing other subjects, but I kept looking at Bitcoin and it's pretty much most of 2016 I was watching it and it was around the beginning of 2017 that I that I bought in and started digging down rabbit holes. And then I decided about four months into it that I wanted to take my media skills, like my being an MC uh, singer in bands and stuff and start doing uh, a YouTube channel. And then um, now I'm going to be launching it into a pod, an audio podcast next month. So that's something else I'm going to be expanding on, but I'm thinking how, how can I bring what I do and, and, 
and bring value to this? And, and how can I differentiate myself amongst all the other different content creators? Um, so not only do I talk about blockchain, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, but I talk about, like I said, anarchy, volunteerism, economics, and something that I call practice change. And I really feel like they all kind of wrap up together, like being that change you want to see in the world. And I think that cryptocurrency and blockchain represents a form of change that we need to see in this world. Mm, that's really good. You know, there's, there's a lot of changes that need to happen in the world. And, but I think about it like this. It's like, you know, here we are. Things aren't perfect, but they're better than they've ever been. You know, it's like really it's like if you look at the history of time, you know, and you like, like, you know, it's, it's not like well, there's there's Vikings going to be coming up on the shore and, and, and raping and pillaging our village. You know, we're, wait, I mean? we're in Miami. Remember? I saw a Viking ship. Oh, uh, yeah, that is true. Yeah. Oh, but that was a Viking cruise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it might be safe. For I don't think there was any. Ragnar Lothbrok's not coming <laughs> off of that. Yeah, right. Like that. So that's good. Uh, so 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 when when like. How how did you look at Bitcoin to see like the problems that that it can solve with society? Like, how do you look at blockchain and crypto as like, what do you think that and how do you think that it's going to, to impact the world most positively? The thing for me specifically is studying economics and understanding the banking system that we have, our fractional reserve banking, and and just was oh, that in school in the business or was that self learning combination? Uh, yeah. Because school they doesn't don't only teach that stuff. Not not specifically, but I like you know I get I get a crumb and I want to go down a trail. So right, that's right, kind of sure. kind of what I was doing and and just learning about things. I mean, even like me and and macro my macroeconomics class, my teacher was trying to tell me the Federal Reserve is part of the government, and I'm trying to explain to her, and the class is listening to me. But I'm giving a platform trying to explain <laughs> right, the in, problem. In the business, you go through an MBA, right? And you got a mohawk, and they're looking at you like, "Well, really?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like, no, no, no. It's for real. Yeah. So, so for me, when I started learning about Bitcoin in particular and the blockchain technology, I saw it as a way of getting us away from the fiat monetary system, um, the government control of money, being able to print money when they want to, like in 2008, when we had our crash that took place, um, the Federal Reserve just printed up money. And, you know, that's where we are now. And I look at Bitcoin as a, a, a safe way of getting away from those controlling aspects the government wants to have with their fiat money systems and and if people don't know what fiat is it's, it's a decree by a king uh, like a it's just it means nothing it's the faith of something and i decree money i mean that's kind of a decree of parliament yeah. money yes you um you've done a lot of videos and as i look through them all you do some really great thumbnails by the way you guys should go look them up rice crypto really easy to find uh you've talked to a lot of people that we've had the opportunity to talk to and you've covered some topics that we haven't necessarily touched and and one that really has me most curious is the anarchy you've got a video here anarchy explained and defined so make it super simple for people who hear the word anarchy and think oh my gosh there's gonna be anarchy everywhere yeah. Yeah. right yeah. what is it in terms of a, a philosophy okay so obviously we've been taught uh in schools and by via media that the word anarchy would be a bad thing anytime like chaos takes place um gun shootings and things like that it's anarchy well but that's not what it is anarchy comes from the greek language the word an means without the word archon for where the combination of words are means rulership or authority so it literally means without authority without rulership self-sovereign it means nothing chaotic. It I am the mean master law. of my domain. Right. It doesn't mean anything about lawlessness or, or chaos and just like it's it's something that. And I think by just doing disinformation, trying to make the word anarchy sound like it's a bad thing, it doesn't give people the opportunity to know what anarchy truly is and see if it's something that they 
relate to. Mm, we need to change the branding on that. We need to make anarchy great again. Well, that's kind of the term. The voluntary is still term. it's still mega. Well, <laughs> 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 totally is. But yeah, um, voluntarism is kind of a nice way of saying I'm an anarchist. Voluntarism is just basically. Uh, I, I I don't believe in force or coercion. Like every, everything should be mutual and agreed upon. Um, like we're doing this based off agreement. You asked me if I wanted to come on your podcast. I've been reaching out to you guys. We made an agreement. So we're voluntarily doing this in our United States tax system. It's not voluntarily that I, I can pay or not pay because if I don't pay and I could eventually get locked up. It's compelled basically uh, at the point of a gun, right? right? That's essentially what it is. It's saying pay or else. And so in the anarchic, is that the way it was saying? And an archon. And, and would be without, and the word archon would be rulership. Okay. So without, um, in this way of, uh, of living, then you can't be compelled by the government to do anything? Now, see, I don't have all the answers for these philosophies, and I don't even think that the world is even ready and prepared for like these type of philosophies. But I like to plant seeds for these things. And I mean, I can't obviously give all the answers, but I think that if humanity evolves and we get to a place, I think that humanity can work together and figure out a system that would work. You know, and if we use governance models using the blockchain and voting like that, we could automate Congress. We, we could make this situation where it's more open and transparent for people. If that makes any sense. It is an interesting concept. The thought of being without rulership and the whole statism and you looking at the state as, you know, the statism as a religion kind of it, it sort of is. And people think, Oh God, we must have this. We, we got to have this. If we don't, it's going to be chaos and horrible. And I think in some cases there could be because with, when there's a void of power, some historically, right? We're talking historically, whenever there's a void in power, some other group of people always sort of come up and now they're in charge and they're in power. Like right. the barbarians would come in or who the Vikings, as we just mentioned, would come in and like, we're in charge now. Like, no, we're a peaceful little domain and we're a monastery and we're just chilling and we're la No, the Vikings come and destroy everybody and steal all the gold and silver. Like, like, how do you get past that? How do we, how do we evolve as a civilization? And maybe even as even a, a universal thing, how do we go from civilization zero to civilization one? Because we're still bickering. We can't well, even agree, we can't agree hardly on anything. Imagine just like very simply, if everybody actually treated everybody how they wanted to be treated, right. then none of this would even be an issue. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, but if some we, people want to treat others badly. That's the problem. You know, that's where we and need to evolve. want to be treated specially. Some do. Yeah. You know, and I, mean, I believe that everybody's you talking about treated. Are you talking Instagram? about the fact that I, I will only eat green M&Ms, according to you? <laughs> is, that, is that what this is about? It's true. You know, why are you so hostile towards green? I don't like green M&Ms. Green's them? my favorite color. No, he, likes, he likes brown ones. <laughs> they look that like makes duties. sense. Yeah. That totally makes sense. No, I don't like the brown ones. Brown. I mean, who? why would you eat the brown ones? I mean, they do. They look like little turds, like little rabbit turds. That's true. I don't mind the green ones. You just love the green ones. I, I really don't. I mean, that's that's all <laughs> Remember made Remember I went up. to the M&M store and got you some green? That, that was great for my birthday. That's all green fake news. I mean, <laughs> you lit, so you demonstrated through that how fake news actually works you, the you repeat a lie yeah. often enough yeah. and people will start believing that like i only i actually hardly ever eat m&ms 
You know, it's it's weird. I don't go buy M and M's. I don't eat M and M's. I actually got you a whole bag of green, different like peanut M and M's and all these other. They ones. were all and green, then, and then slowly I ate them all. Yeah, the- and you didn't even get, you didn't get one. <laughs> yeah, because I don't really, I don't really eat. No, because I ate them before you got them. And that's I sweet. I don't I even eat gift. them. Sorry. So let, let's play a game here. Shall okay. we play a game? You've interviewed a lot of people. Let's do like a speed round here. I'm going to say names of people that you have interviewed, and I want you to give me quick answers. Douche or not a douche. <laughs> Is that, or is that just douche or no douche? No, you can say whatever you want, okay. but if, if douche is in there. So I'm just going to go through some of this right here. And uh, John McAfee. I uh, interviewed him four times, became good friends with him. Uh, got to, If you want to check out the interviews, you can see everything that's been happening to him uh, as far as him being wanted by the United States government and being on a run. So if you want to get a good. Yeah, but that's not descriptive. I'm looking for like, give me adjectives. So, uh, he is uh douche. Insane. <laughs> no. insane uh john mcafee is a unique person perfect uh, let's stop with, with that dude i like, I like uh, john dr ron paul love dr ron paul uh inspiration douche and <laughs> travis is a douche. douche no actually if you could make an introduction we would love to have him on bad crypto he's not um i actually he, met him he's got a copy of my book actually was he's not cool. been on yet um okay let's see here uh, fluffy pony uh okay so douche. uh intelligent um jimmy song douche <laughs> douche 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 triple Jorg douche. molt uh scammer douche no. scammer douche yeah. double um, douche yeah <laughs> roger ver uh awesome people okay well thanks for playing we have some lovely parting gifts for you awesome. here's, a, here's a douche bag <laughs> Oh, I love it. Summer, it's <laughs> just what I need. Summer's Eve. With, just with what I need. Jorg Maltz picture on it. <laughs> just, it's minty fresh. Just what I need it, man. It's really good. <laughs> so of all the interviews that you've done, which ones were the one that you just said, wow, like if somebody could listen to one episode that you put out that's, that you interviewed somebody or some content that you created, which is the one that you would say, this is Rice Crypto right here. Adam Kokesh is somebody I've interviewed several times, and I'd like for more people to listen to his message because mm. he's running for president with the Libertarian Party. Yeah, the, the man, Adam Kokesh against the man. Yeah, so, and he's got a lot of wisdom to spout. And, oh, nice. you know, so, I mean, I think. Is he running for office? He is with the Libertarian Party. Oh, nice. But, yeah. but McAfee's running too. Yeah, but that's an odd one. That's Not really. One. I mean, he can't, he can't actually. Yeah, and I don't think he's going to get the vote from the Libertarian Party the regardless. Casual? Uh, that's a big possibility. We'd love to chat with that dude. I've seen, I've seen that dude. That dude was in the military, right? Yeah, back I can link you. I can definitely link I would you love up to with Coke Cash. And Coke Cash could probably on. link you with Ron Paul. I'd say hook nice. a brother up, but in this case, hook two brothers up. I got you guys. So good. I got you, man. Uh, what else do you want uh, the Republic of Bad Cryptopia to know about Rush Crypto? Well, I think one of the things we were going to talk about was my channel was one of those channels that were affected in yes. the YouTube crypto ban. Yes, so it kind of goes purge. back to what you were saying when you guys crypto purge. To go back to what we were saying to wrap up this interview, and I'm like, damn, that's yeah. how we started with like what happened to our channel, right? So you're one of the ones that uh, just a few weeks ago, overnight, how many of your videos got taken down? Uh, on Christmas Eve, I woke up to uh, an email from YouTube with a warning and three videos removed, one of which was a re- recorded speech of Ron Paul at the Bitcoin Center in New York City. Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Merry right Christmas. There. Christmas Day, I woke up and got a strike and another video removed. So a total of four videos, a warning and a strike. And the 26th, I did do an appeal, never heard anything back. Mm-hmm. And on the 26th, it was like nothing had ever happened. Um, now, when you get a strike, you're not allowed to publish content at all for seven days. And even though my strike was removed, for whatever reason, I still wasn't able to publish content. And it was a holiday time, and I was actually getting over the flu, so I just wasn't even... So you went on strike? 
Yeah, basically, basically. But then, yeah, I started getting back into my content creating. And um, the one thing I want to really push people to is checking out these decentralized content sharing and publishing platforms, stuff like Library, mm. BitTube, BitTubers, DTube, DLive, all these different types of all the yes and all these different types of platforms i think that because what i'm going to do as a content creator is i'm going to be putting up extra content on these platforms and i'm specifically going to be putting my content on these like extra content on these platforms to encourage people to come to these platforms so if people are checking out my youtube channel and you like what i'm doing on my youtube channel then then what you can know is that if you like my content you can go on these decentralized websites uh, like what we're mentioning uh BitTubers, BitChute, DTube, Library, and you'll see extra content that I'm doing. And I'm putting out extra content on these platforms to encourage people to get away from YouTube and go to these other platforms. So I'm trying to use right. the tool of the system against itself to push people to better platforms. Yeah, Mr. Jokam, he was talking about on Library, you actually have, it has an export. You can actually export all your YouTube videos right. all over it. A YouTube partnership, it and it's simple. really well. You just connect your YouTube account to it, and basically when you do it, you're telling Google, all right, all that stuff that I put up, guess what? I'm copying it over here, and even if you take me down, I own all my content. Suck it. Yeah, and also, since we're mentioning this, I want to shout out Unstoppable Domains because they're getting ready to launch a Chrome extension. I don't know if they've made that public or not, but they're getting ready to launch a Chrome extension, and with their .crypto addresses, which is a way of sending crypto payments with a simple name, um, they've actually offered to take and put two of my videos that were banned and put it on their blockchain so that it will be on a site and won't be able to be removed ever again. So that I got to give them a shout out for doing that. I have my mouth full right now. So, we're, you know, we're sitting here in Pitbull's VIP suite, and they just brought us some uh, what, empanadas. Is that what these are? And and some, uh, what are those, some sort of tortilla thing? Right like there. taquitos. Yeah. So, rice, um, people can check you out. Rice Crypto on YouTube. There's some rice right here on this plate. Oh, and yes, there is. There's no crypto on there, though. No. It's it's fajita chain. <laughs> oh, you would be all over taco chain. Oh, taco, yeah, chain. taco chain. All right, what would that be? What would taco chain do? Let's 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 build a business right here, guys. Well, basically, you taco chain would be you would have verified uh, pork from on the blockchain. You know exactly where it came from. You know where all the ingredients of your tacos were from. And you could say, oh. And there's right here from El Salvador. Let's taco about it. Let's taco about it. Yes. <laughs> Let's taco about <laughs> right, it. I like right. that. How, how would you use the token? What's the taco token? Well, you would use it to buy tacos. It's, a, ta it's a taco. It's a taco. I, I love it. That's good. Yeah, you would use it to go buy tacos at Naked Tacos. <laughs> that one place or, or, or Pink Taco right down the street. Oh, oh Pink Tacos. I love too? Pink Tacos. There's Those a Pink Taco bad. right there. Yeah, we had Naked Tacos. Um, naked it's just Pink a, Tacos are really delicious. Just oh, my gosh. A couple blocks away. It was yummy. Like, was. And, and then usually when it comes time for dessert, mm -hmm. like I'm full. I'm good. I normally like, don't like fish tacos, but pink tacos are the best. Let me see the menu. Bestest. They brought us. Uh, you got choco tacos. Nice and moist. Right. This is getting super weird. It's. I like my food to be sort of wet. Yeah, it's good. Juicy. 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 All yeah. right. And uh, the Bad Crypto Podcast living up to its name right here. Rice Crypto. Thanks, man. We appreciate Thank you. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Bad Crypto Podcast. My name is Naomi Brockwell. Stay bad. Our next guest is actually an old friend of mine. Well, he's not that old, but we've been friends for quite some time. I would say more than a decade or so. Rob McNeely, who has now gone from marketer to um, candidate for political office to handyman, right? You make 
stuff with your hands. I'm pretty I sure. I still make stuff with my still hands. Still make stuff with your hands to a, um, a Second Amendment enthusiast, as I believe all Americans should be enthusiastic about their rights, to uh, now the founder of a cryptocurrency called Tusk. Welcome to Bad Crypto, Rob McNeely. Thank you, Mr. Joel. It's been a while. Yeah. Well, I just saw you out there before well, the interview. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we hugged it out. Do you not remember? You know, a little kissy kissy is good, too. You, yeah, but that didn't happen. <laughs> That's what you said now. It, it might have been good. It happens in, you know, Maybe. It happens in Miami. <laughs> Stays in Miami. That's that's pretty scary. So, how long have we known each other? It's well, it'd have to be good 10, 11 years, maybe twelve years, going back two thousand eight, yeah. Denver area. Yeah, as long as it was a good ten or eleven years. If it was a bad ten or eleven years, then I probably wouldn't have invited you back on the show. I'll take it. Yeah. So, Travis, meet Rob. Rob, nice Rob, to meet you. What's going on, bro? I've known you now for about as about as about, you said you've known him for ten or twelve years. I've known you for ten or twelve minutes. It, you know, it's a good start, though. That's right on. So tell us, tell us real quick, tell the audience about what is Tusk. It's T U S C. It's like uh, it's like the elephant tusk. You got the elephant logo there. What is Tusk and what does it do? Tusk stands for the Universal Settlement Coin. Uh, Universal we, Settlement Coin. That's it's an acronym, and we kind of played off the elephant thing. Uh, we started almost two years ago as an ERC-20 project that we gave away via faucets, and our token was called OCC. Okay. We realized within... Yeah, you know me. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. We realized within a couple months, literally, of launching that, that we started getting interest from friends and family that had businesses that they said, we'd take your token, right? Because we trust you. We, we're interested in this crypto thing. Uh, we went down a bunch of rabbit holes trying to figure out how we could get involved with gateways and things. And we realized that pretty quickly that Ethereum, we thought Ethereum was not a good foundation to build a payment system on. So You discovered that after CryptoKitties probably. Like, whoa! F-Coin. Hey, Remember F-Coin spamming on the Ethereum oh, blockchain? Right, right, right. Yeah. So we decided at that point we're going to build a blockchain. That F and coin. Exactly. So we decided we we're going to build our own blockchain. So I recruited a team. We spent a year and a half building a blockchain. We decided that some of the problems we see with a lot of crypto products out there is they're not marketed very well or at all. Mm -hmm. And we said, hey, we think we can do it better. And we said, if you are trying to get adoption in the crypto space, that you need to focus on industries that actually have a recognized problem uh, with current banking options and payment options. And then you need to have your project focused and structured in a way that it can actually do outreach and put that solution in front of the people who have a problem. Mm, okay. Nice. I, when I hear Tusk, Tusk, I think of Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, right? I was thinking Jumanji. Why don't you? That was the me? old Fleetwood Mac, wasn't it? With Peter Green? Or was no, it, it was, no, it was no, the new one. No. Is it that all was, Fleetwood Mac old? Well, the, the well, there's old Fleetwood Mac, and then there's the Fleetwood so Mac of the 70s. A bit of trivia: after their biggest best-selling album, uh, Rumors, which had "Don't Stop" and "Go Your Own Way," their follow-up was the double album. And it was called Tusk. And that song was, there was, I think, two singles on it that were hits on the double album. And that one has the UCLA marching band in it doing that. Oh, nice. Very good. Yeah. check it out. Anyway, a little bit of music trivia. We'll add that to the Bad Crypto Spotify oh. playlist. Um, so Tusk.network is the website for this. No ICO, no IEO, no token sale, no BS. All the coins are pre-distributed. And so, you know, you, you couldn't get them any other way other than the, the airdrop. So faucet. It was actually a faucet. faucet. So we didn't we didn't spam people with it. People had to actually want them and go get them. 
Okay, so now they're all distributed out there. How did that work? You just go, could you go every day and just get a little bit dripping out of the faucet there, or what? So it was kind of like a one fire was, hose up to it and just it, like load up my wallet. Or it, what? it was a one shot deal, and okay. we had some security on it and things, and so we did the best we could to limit mm. that. People so how much was everybody it. able to get if they just went there and got the got the tokens? I don't know. They were supposed to only get five million, so it was a five million download. Our original supply was a hundred billion. Uh, when we did our swap to Tusk, we shrunk the supply in half so we compressed the swap at a ratio of two to one. So, uh-huh, okay. so it's a little more manageable at 50 billion. And then with our blockchain, we're delegated proof of stake and we have a 5% uh, inflation rate. So that's what pays for the network. And then over time, we'll reduce that inflation rate as the value of Tusk grows. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, th- this is where the whole Second Amendment thing comes in because you put out a, a press release, gun friendly Tusk cryptocurrency project launches. So, what, you know, uh, what is that about? I've never heard of a gun-friendly cryptocurrency. Does that mean it's just for buying guns or what? So we are a pure payments cryptocurrency project. So the focus of our project is just payments, and Tusk could be used for any industry. But what we said is that when we were looking at why adoption has happened is we felt that based on what we've seen, that people were really going after and trying to throw stuff against the wall, and hopefully someone would just like it. We said... There's seven industries that right now in the United States have a recognized problem with traditional payment option, meaning they have a pain point. And we said, if you're going to get adoption, you focus on an industry that has a pain point already. It's not name, name them. So it'd be things like gambling, prostitution, cannabis, guns, pornography, payday lenders, refugees and immigrants. Sweet, all the fun stuff. All the fun stuff. And all of those industries, <laughs> n- now be honest, all those industries are distasteful to somebody. I, and I recognize true. Very true. But of all those industries, only one of them is constitutionally protected, and that industry just also happens to be a really damn big $6 billion a year market. Mm-hmm. And on top Weapons. of that, civilian guns and ammo through lawful retailers mm-hmm. in the United States, the only protected industry but that is considered distasteful, which is obnoxious to me because of all those industries, even like cannabis, cannabis isn't legal in all 50 states. So you can make right. arguments that moving you know, cannabis from one state to another is still federally illegal, whereas guns, it's constitutionally protected. And I'm also a gun guy, always have been. It's not a new thing. So we said, if you're going to try to get adoption of cryptocurrency, you need to start with an industry with a recognized problem. And then basic entrepreneurial stuff kicks in, right? How big's the market size? How big's their pain point? And what is your strategy to put your solution or product in front of that market? Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And so having done that, what what are some of the things that you've encountered as a result of being the crypto project that caters to gun owners and ammo. I mean, they probably got some pushback on that, I bet. So it's interesting. So timelines, we're actually just recently launched our blockchain. So we are just now rolling. However, we started doing market segmentation before we ever launched. So before we ever launched, we decided on what market we were going to build for or build into. And before we started coding, we actually started talking to gun dealers and gun manufacturers. In fact, some of our advisors came out of the gun industry as well as the crypto industry. And by the way, they've been very helpful recently. Um, so so we knew we were going to go into this industry before we even started coding Tusk and before we did our swap. And that was about 14 months ago that we started building it out. We built it all with the volunteers, everybody on the project is there's no company, there's no CEO, everybody's worked for all the developers work for a share of tokens, uh, just like any of the founders did. Um, But we did our token swap in September and into October of last year, we did our main net right over 
Christmas, and then we just began trading literally New Year. So we've literally been live two weeks. We just already got two gun stores that are start coming on as pilots. And we are currently building our first payment gateway for WooCommerce. I'm going to SHOT Show next week, Woo-hoo. and we are reaching out right now to a bunch of gun stores to be pilots here in the next couple of weeks. So we're already, I'm meeting with a bunch of people literally next week about this. So what is the problem at, at the gun stores? Are they not, I mean, is it is it an issue of people using their credit cards or using cash or what, what is this? What is their main pain point that they're experiencing? So right now, because of the view that guns are high risk, they are barred from using any third-party payment options. So that would be PayPal, Venmo, Square, Stripe, any of them. In addition, when they can even get a checking account, because gun stores even have a hard time getting basic banking services, when they do get a merchant account and a checking account, they're paying extraordinarily high fees, anywhere mm-hmm. from 4 to 6% plus really high maintenance fees. Uh-huh. Now, in addition to that... We found when we started talking to gun retailers before we started building that they also have a huge chargeback problem for two reasons. In the custom gun industry, it might take anywhere from three to six months to build a custom to order gun, maybe a year, because just they're all handmade, right? But what happens is people get impatient and they do a chargeback. The problem is because they're considered high risk, they get no quarter from the banks. They're just screwed. So they lose all their money. Mm. So cryptocurrencies... So people actually can even go and and then just say, no, I didn't do this. And then they say, ah, okay, I charged, even though they did charge it. Correct. And the banks just say, screw you, are high risk. We're not going to give you any appeal. Mm -hmm. So crypto, in this case, really does solve several problems for the gun industry. Yeah, super interesting to uh, micro niche, right, and drill down to an, an audience that really is in need of this. And I can't help thinking about the uh, old Groucho Marx joke because we're talking about elephants, we're talking about guns. Last night I dreamt I shot an elephant in my pajamas. How he got in my pajamas, I'll never know. Come on. Groucho Marx, don't laugh at me, laugh at Groucho. He's a legend. <sighs> all right, laugh at me. <laughs> Go ahead, laugh all you want. Uh, so... <laughs> I do want to touch on briefly, you you had a short stint where you were running for office. What was that all about? Uh, in 2010, I ran for the U.S. House of Representatives, all of Colorado's uh, 6th Congressional District, as a third party. Mm-hmm. I got 3% of the vote or something like that. But even though it was just kind of a weird off niche, I did actually do fundraising and actually ran. I actually went to events, and I raised like, I don't know, 25 or 30 grand my first time running for office back then. Would you ever want to do that again? Absolutely not. <laughs> Hate politics. Uh, it, it's just, it's got to be hellish, right? How are, how are good people ever going to run again for office? Because it's almost like, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's so contentious and so volatile and so just, there's so much angst and anger. Like, it seems to me that good candidates are not going to run anymore. We're only going to get the shit biscuits from now on. I don't think good candidates do run for office most of the time. I think, unfortunately, people that are actually running for power are usually the ones that are the least the ones that you want the least in that position mm-hmm. of power. They crave that power. Which Anybody who craves power probably shouldn't have it. Probably shouldn't have it, exactly. Well, the, the you know, the idea with uh, being in the House and just talking about on the federal level from the beginning was you go for two years, right, and then you go home. So you could be, you could be an accountant or a lawyer, but more likely, you know, you were a carpenter, right, or a plumber or a farmer, and you'd go and you'd represent your district specifically, not private, you know, interests and, and not lobbyists, you would serve the people in your district, you do your time, and then you go home and you've served. And now you've got to answer to the people that you served for those two years. 
And back then, if you also look at how long the legislative sessions were, too, were very short versus now it's, what, 10, 11 months of the year. Mm-hmm. So back then it might have been one month or two months. It was really, really short. Well, because people probably had, have a challenge even for some of those congressmen, Congress people to even get to D.C. Well, part of the reason is actually most of those guys were farmers and things. They had to have work, right? The get, on plumbers. get on a train for a long ass time. I, I said plumbers, and I'm starting to think. They didn't when have did we, yeah, we didn't have they had, they had plumbing. Holes. They had holes. Yeah. Well, okay. So the... That somebody would still have the to hole shovel, you know, hole, hole be sanitary engineer, right? <laughs> <laughs> the outhouse manufacturer. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying, and I, and I, and I mean, we could go into a whole political discussion. I, I yeah, I'm very, cyn- I'm very cynical about politics. To be honest, at right. this point, I'm very cynical, and to me, that's one of the things that got me into cryptocurrency is because I don't believe we're going to fix our system by voting anymore. And I believe that. Well, politi- what if we have blockchain voting and then it's transparent? We can all somehow. Because you do really, it seems like now we've got so much technology that we really don't almost need those legislators because give us the votes and then we'll vote. But we have our phones. We could, you know, American Idol can do it every <laughs> every show. Then, then who's going to control the Apple device that you do the voting on, right? Yeah. I mean, the problem is everybody's, the thing That's is. That's like, true because the, then you wouldn't be able to trust the votes because they're like, oh, who's Apple's changing my vote? Yeah. So here's the question. I in, in that And I've learned this from being in crypto as a project for two years, right? Everybody games everything. Is what I've seen. That's what I and I'm cynical about crypto too, in a lot of ways, because people do so game cynical. Stuff. I am, cynical. you know, but you don't see people in the streets protesting. Hey, hey, ho, ho! Bitcoin Cash has got gotta to go, go. right? <laughs> yes, he's got to go. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it might no, be both I, of them. I, I don't have a dog in my that fight anyway. But yeah. you know, as a token or an altcoin, those guys, even the Bitcoin guys, hate me anyway. So it's like they all hate me. Why? Pretty much. What do we? What, nobody. Uh, we don't hate you. Well, you don't hate me, but some we of like the Maxis you. do. The, well, Maxis hate everybody. They do. They hate themselves actually more. Uh, really, it's about self-loathing. I think so. Why? Why do they hate themselves? Yeah. I don't know. People hate themselves for all sorts of odd reasons. But yeah, but why? Why are they? Why do you think all the Maxis hate themselves? The, the, I think people that get wrapped up into maximalism. It's about ego. So in tribalism. So what happens is they wrap their identity around being a part of this one thing and they put their ego into it for so long that even if something in the real world proves that maybe they were wrong or maybe their baby is a little ugly or maybe there's something a little better that their ego won't allow them to adapt to that change because it actually impacts their personal identity at that point. Well, that's, it's a cognitive bias thing, right? Exactly. It serves the identity. And we see this in politics. People get married to a political the party. The um, they get they they get married to a religion to the point that they will defend it in the face of pedophilia from priests all right then i wasn't going to go there but you did um in terms of you know we were having a discussion the way here about um which are better which hamburgers are better um you know five guys or in and out and i'm like a staunch five guys burger i'm a five guys burger too that's because they're better so they are better um and and the and in and out's french fries they're just really they're crappy little they're average they're like or ida like you got them out of a bag you know frozen but anyway people who grew up in california are we just lost all our california listeners um they're like no man in and out they got the secret menu and you go and you order animal style i wonder how many of them have actually been to a five guy there's no bun on it i I, I love the i love the in and out burger the in and out fries are okay but it's like that's not fresh like Five Guys, and that's that you can. But but here's the point. See now, yeah, what's it, your point? I 
cannot be you know i'm i'm down with this like this is my bias and you can't come along and tell me i'm wrong because now it goes to the core of who i am exactly and, and that might not you know that's an extreme case but that the point is made more of who you are as five guys more well, of the more of the fries. Well, think of it. Uh, let, let, I always like to look at when I talk about crypto. Look at analogs, right? What's an analog to crypto? This piece of crypto in the real world, like so. Think of maximalism, like dude, Amex sucks. Visa is awesome, dude. You Amex people just suck, and you Discover cards are total losers, right? I mean, if you think about it, doesn't that sound moronic? We we phrase it that way, but yeah, that's like the analog because Venmo. <laughs> yeah, Venmo, dude. PayPal. Oh, you PayPal. Send people. me money on my cash app, by the way. Oh, but square. But imagine like the but La Visa guy be like, oh, you you Venmo guys will never be as big as us. So you guys are charlatans if you don't quit now. It's, so that's the tribalism. It's, that it's moronic, but we don't see that with those because J.P. Morgan doesn't give a rat's ass what Bank of America thinks of them. You don't think. And the, <laughs> Does J.P. Morgan care what we think? J.P. Morgan's Probably dead. Less. Yeah. Probably less. I'm they don't so even, glad he's finally dead. They don't Who even know we exist. J.P. Morgan was horrible. Yeah. One of the worst people in, in American history, I would say. Yeah. The shit that he did, the creating of the Federal Reserve Bank, and then also killing um, Tesla's uh, lab that built the worldwide wireless electricity that he had Wasn't created. Was Edison who did that? No. No, the Tesla created the world. You're talking about Wardenclyffe, right? Wardenclyffe, yeah. Uh, J.P. Morgan uh, had his goons burn down his, his, his laboratory. So I, and then also, there's a whole little rabbit hole that's crazy about... Um, so J.P. Morgan funded White Star, which White Star was the the, Titanic. the yeah the Titanic. He funded that, and then it just so it just so happens they that they had the missiles for Cuba on there. Uh, no, no. What's weird about no, the Titanic thing is that there was two boats with the Titanic, right? There were there was the Titanic, and then there was the Olympia. Well, uh, J.P. Morgan was going to be on that boat along with every single rich person who did not want the Federal Reserve Bank system to happen. They were all on the Titanic. Then all of a sudden, the Titanic goes down, which is such a weird conspiracy theory when you go down that rabbit hole it's like oh all the people who didn't want the federal reserve bank the rich one, they were on the titanic and jp morgan funded it but then he said he was he he canceled at the last minute to get on the, that boat I, I, you know thing. i interviewed the author of the creature from jekyll island a few years back and so yeah i got i actually have the couple books of a couple we just we just talked to geo griffin on a, on a recent episode he's which still around yeah he is episode he's, 351 he, he's still super bright and um he's like like 900 years old has a lot to say yeah he's old he's um, an old guy so speaking of you have a show and that kind of ties it together here for this uh, other crypto media projects episode it's called the rob mcneely program uh he started in 2018 still going strong five star ratings and you've got interviews with um people that might not appear on other crypto shows because your show goes broader so let's talk about that as we get ready to wrap up so yeah when i started doing the crypto thing i felt that i wanted to connect with a lot of people in the space kind of secondary to my project. So uh, I was a podcaster before, and that's you actually going back probably 10 years ago when I had a radio show in Denver. You actually came on my show oh, before. Oh, did you interview me? I love that. That's good. They're clapping for you right now. Yeah. Woohoo! People um, can't hear that. So, yeah. So I kind of do a little podcast at the Rob McNeely program. I, I do talk to crypto people and crypto projects that even could be considered competition to Tusk. You talk to Zuby. So he's a dude that we're yeah. going to... Yeah, he's, he's going to come on soon. No, we're, we're good. But I just it's cool that, you know, you're bringing on really interesting people and we encourage you guys to go um check out his show it's i'm assuming it's it's all the places yeah it's at all the places 
Excellent. Rob McNeely. Also, your website, robmcneely.com. Correct, sir. There you go. Easy to find. Check the show notes for more links. Thanks, Rob. Great talking to you. Joel, thank you, Travis. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Well, we promised you crypto media, and there you go. Crypto media, three fellas that are doing some really good work online to bring the good news of blockchain and cryptocurrency to you, the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. We talked to, as you said, we talked to a magazine. A YouTuber, a podcaster, and then I was a podcaster, and then also you was a podcaster on that. So there was lots of media going on. There was a whole lot of media. Hope, exciting. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Lots of great content coming your way. We had the opportunity to interview Bobby Lee mm -hmm. while at uh, the North American Bitcoin Conference. He'll be in a future episode, and I can neither confirm nor deny that we might be giving away 50 wallets. No, I can confirm it. You can? Yeah, I could say now. I mean, it's going to sound like a surprise when people hear the show because right. we found out when we recorded the interview. Mm -hmm. But since that is the future of our listeners is actually our past, mm -hmm. I can confirm that. And and now it's out there. What are you doing? Oh, you pulled the wallet out. Oh, man. Hear that? Ooh. That's what you call thud factor. This thing is heavy, yo. Yeah. It's because it's got so much Bitcoin on it. So that's coming up in a, in a future episode. You're not going to want to miss that. We also had the opportunity to talk to Jason BTO. Mm -hmm. This And that does not stand for Bachman Turner Overdrive. It does stand for Bachman Turner Overdrive, but not in this instance. It also stands for best training online. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he's he's got some great content. Of course, lots of other great stuff coming your way. You guys aren't going to want to miss a darn thing. Mm -hmm. Trust us. You know, It what also stands for B Travis only because... That's the only person I can be. That is, we're so thankful. We're so thankful for that. Today I can't, was I can't be Joel. Today was fun, right? We had our booth at the North American Bitcoin Conference, mm -hmm. and so many citizens of the Republic of Bad Cryptopia came by to say hello. Like it was, it almost got overwhelming because one would be and take pictures, then another one would pop up. Hey, mm -hmm. oh, Alex, Joel, and Travis, you guys, I love yeah. you guys so much. Yeah. Wait, it was you, awesome. We, it was so fun meeting people, and actually, one of our listeners smoked weed right in front of our booth. Didn't didn't even share it. Yeah, there's video of that. There's video yeah. of that. That's uh, Mr. Ken Bozak. We're, we're bad, but we're not that bad, and we're not supposed to smoke indoors. No, in front of our booth. In front of our booth. Yeah, I wasn't even there. Our producer was there, and then she was really giggly afterwards. I don't know what that was. All oh, about. I don't know. I, all I know, she's got the munchies right now and she's <laughs> eating a whole lot of popcorn. <laughs> so there's so there's that. Now tomorrow. <laughs> which is day two of the North American Bitcoin Conference. We're actually taking the stage at the mm. event. Where are we taking it? Uh, we're going to take it out for a walk. That's really nice. It needs to burn some it calories. Needs some exercise. It's just been standing there the whole big time. Big ass stage. Yeah, it's lazy. It's just mm -hmm. eating, you know, Oreos. And, and we're stuff. giving out these cool NFT tokens. Yes. That you guys cannot get because you're not here. Nope, you can't. But, oh, we're so pumped about NFTs and cannot wait to unveil the plan that we have. And you're not going to want to miss an episode of this show show because if you do then you'll miss the cool plan that we have for the nfts that's true what are you, what are you, oh, so sorry stop. i dropped my heavy bitcoin wallet that you're gonna so drop the mic you dropped your oh yeah uh, your ballet just, wallet you gotta quit dancing over I there love it. it's beautiful it is beautiful it's first day of issue limited edition so for the show tomorrow we're we're gonna have a panel featuring uh mo levin 
who is the creator and host and founder of the North American Bitcoin Conference. Dude, and we met this other guy named Les today. Like, we should have Mo and Les go up on stage together. (laughs) So I met Les at another event, and Les can swear that we're twins. Yeah. And uh, he says... He walked up and goes, where's that son of a bitch who looks like me? (laughs) (laughs) I'm older than he is, but he's grayer and whiter Mm -hmm. than I am. But he's also a little skinnier. A really great guy, and uh, he's great fun. But we've got Mo coming on stage, Marshall Long, the creator of Bad Coin. We've got Charlie Shram. Charlie Shram. You have some boiled shram. Boiled shram gumbo. So it's going to all be recorded. If you guys aren't at the event, you miss it. That's okay. You're going to get to hear this. Is this uh, producer Aaron? Is that going to be the next episode after this one? Episode 359? Nope. She's shaking her head. No. 361. We might need to rearrange. You might need to wait to hear that a little bit. Yeah. And it's actually not going to be like, it's not, it's not going to be like a traditional when we go on stage and do the full bad crypto, we're actually doing a really cool panel. So it's going to be like as much time on stage with us and the panel. So we're not going to do like the, the normal show when we go on stage. It's, it's going to be a little modified. Panelific. I'm so grateful. We get to connect and interact and engage with so many incredibly bright and kind-hearted people. So so true. And I mean, and I'm even, I've even appreciated of the dumb, unkind people. It's nice dumb, to meet them too. People. Yeah, it's nice to meet them too. Well, there is that young, dumb, dumb crypto. Those guys are here. Young, dumb crypto. Is that yeah, what it's called? but they're not mean. Or not I mean, mean, they're super nice. Okay. But they are young and they are dumb. Okay. And nice. they are crypto. That's good. Actually, I don't, I, they are young, but I definitely don't think they're dumb. They are no more dumb than we are bad. Mm. And now the truth is out. Oh no. So that means they're pretty dumb. They're pretty dumb. Oh gosh. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure that you go and review, subscribe, do all the things that would indicate that, hey, those Joel and Travis guys, they're all right. We, you know, we want them to keep doing this and uh, we're going to demonstrate it by doing one of those actions that they ask us to do. That's true. Because we're going to actually on iTunes, we're getting close to a thousand reviews over time. I think we're like at 880 or 870 or something like that. Maybe 850, something. I know that it's it's in the mid 800, so we'd love to get that to over a thousand. So if you've never left a review so far, and you listen to you know multiple shows, then obviously you want to give us a good five star rating. Go down there and do that. Just click it, and you don't even have to type anything. Just go and click the five stars and be like, oh. right. But if you do want to type something, be funny. Because be funny because we like that. We like funny. All right, gang. Catch you next time from Miami. Stay bad. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.